Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Press Republican podcast. I'm Joe LaTemplio, Editor-in-Chief of the Press Republican. I'm here with my trusty night editor, Ben Rowe. And this is the 73rd edition or installation of the Press Pass podcast hosted by the Press Republican. I got to say, it's been a while. We haven't had one since July 2nd, um, but there's good reason for that. And I'm about to tell you why. Ben, how are we doing first? (laughs) <laughs> We're doing good. Interrupt your big announcement for that. <laughs> yes. Well, anyways, on August 9th, I underwent a major surgery. Um, it was a bilateral uh, knee replacement, double knee replacement. I had both knees replaced. And it was, I have to tell you, a big deal. Um, it's a major surgery, a brutal surgery, and it has been quite the challenge, I have to say. Um, I'm happy to say the surgery went well. The recovery's going well. I'm on track um, for all the uh, benchmarks I'm supposed to hit with uh, walking and, and, and going up and down stairs and things like that. But it has been extremely difficult pain-wise. Um, my goodness. The doctor um, in the Tri-Lakes area told me that I was a good candidate to have both knees replaced because I've had long-standing problems. I've had four surgeries, two on each over the years, lots of uh, arthritis in there. And he said I was a good candidate for the surgery and for to do both at the same time. And he said flat out, if you do one, you're probably never going to want to do the other one. And I thought, okay, that doesn't sound good. That sounds like it's going to be pretty bad. Um, and he said, yeah, for a couple of weeks it's going to be difficult. And uh, uh, But then, you know, a few months later you'll be happy you did it and everything will be fine. So, you know, naive me, I'm like, okay, a couple of weeks of pain. They'll give me oxy or whatever, painkillers. I'll be fine. Boy, did I underestimate that. Um, it is a difficult recovery. Um, and I, you know, the painkillers, they made me sick, so I couldn't take that. After three or four days, I stopped taking those, um, and relied on Advil and, uh, Tylenol. The classics. And I've been, you know, dealing with it ever since. And now I've got these two huge titanium and plastic, um, knee joints bulging out of my legs. And it's just, the whole thing has just been kind of surreal. And I've been learning how to deal with it um, day by day, literally. And some days are better and some days aren't. And uh, it has been a struggle. I'm, I've been back to work pretty much since right away because I can work from home for the most part. Um, but hopefully I'm turning the corner soon. I've been going to PT and that's been going well. And um, I'm able to walk. And go upstairs. I can, I'm pretty sure I can ride a bike, too. Because um, I get on the stationary bike, and that works. Um, so hopefully, you know, in the next few weeks, I'll turn a corner and uh, we'll get through uh, the, more, the most difficult part pain-wise and uh, continue down the road to recovery. But, Ben, I've got to tell you, I'm 60 years old, mm-hmm. and I've never had anything like that before. It was like, whoa. 
You're not really selling it, though, <laughs> for people about you. No, I mean, right now, no, I'm not. In six months from now, maybe I'll say, oh, it's the best thing ever. Don't worry about it. I feel great, which I'm hoping. Because I've talked to many others that have had the surgery, although not many that I know had them both done at the same time. Um, but everybody who's had a knee replaced said they're glad they did it. I mean, I can imagine that even with just one knee, it's still a similar thing of, you know pain and that kind of thing so well the worst part is is you know they they literally they pretty much cut your legs off and then put them back attached to new knee joints yes and there's a saw involved there's a hammer and and mallets and they they put these tourniquets on your legs to stop the blood flow one on your thigh and one on your calf and they twist the heck out of them and strangle your leg. And that, I think, might have been the worst part of it. It left deep bruising. Um, but That's I, to make sure you don't bleed out, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I only lost, I lost less than a liter of blood, they said, which was incredible. Amazing. Um, but, you know, they have to cut through the muscle, they have to cut through the nerves, and it's, it's, it's a lot of trauma. But we'll survive. I was watching a show on YouTube the other day that was talking about surgeries and they were showing how they put like metal rods in people's legs and that kind of thing and how, yeah, they take like a big mallet and like, you know, bang, bang, yeah. bang, and get it in there. And it's not a, those surgeries are not delicate operations. No. But they are no. very, you know, heavy operations. So it's, but, you know, again, it's modern medicine and. As your doctor said, it's either that or, you know, the pain sticks around until it's too late. So. Well, and that was the thing. I mean, I, like I said, I've had uh, problems with my knees for several years now, and it got to the point where I would go to the grocery store and I'd park the car and I'd get out of the car and I'd look at the store and say, oh, i got to walk all the way there because it just hurts so much. Yeah. There was no quality of life. I couldn't go for a walk with my family. I couldn't go for a bike ride. I couldn't do anything. Um, and I said, you know, hopefully I got 20, 30 years left in me, and I don't want to live that way. So I'm hoping this does lead to better quality of life, and I'm, I'm, I believe it will. Um, but Jeff, Joe is literally the sad dad in the commercial that looks out and, oh, I can't ride bikes with my kids, and I can't do this. Yeah, it's no fun. And you. it's like, it's like you know, I played sports my whole life, um, and being active is second nature. Um, so this, that was a downer and I, I didn't want to live that way. Um, but it's not to be taken lightly. That's for sure. Well, yes. And yeah, that's an important thing to note is that, yes, that, you know, um, be prepared. So, but one thing you can do with your new knees is go out and look at the foliage. Yes. It's that time of year. We are officially into autumn or fall yes. and this is a great time of year. A lot of people's favorite times of year, probably mine too. Interesting. Um, you get to see the colors and the mild weather, and the farmers markets are wrapping up with their harvests, and there's lots of stuff going on. It's just a it's just a wonderful time. I do like the fall, especially as a photographer. You know, it's nice to get photos of the foliage, but I do have to say I think spring trumps the fall for me. Ugh, the spring when it's all muddy. Come, it is when you're coming out of winter and you get those first hints of a warmer day, and it's like oh. 
survived another winter. <laughs> now it's like, oh, it's so stinking cold out. And it's only like 60 degrees, but it's still cold. Yeah, it's changing. Yes, um, but it is, there is something to be said. I was thinking the other day about putting on a nice, you know, warm sweater or something like that, warm jacket, going out into the fall, walking around with a crisp yeah. fall air on your face and that kind of thing. And like, yeah, you really can't beat that. As I've often said, you know, um, if I had the choice between, as we said in the editorial, living a place where you drastically feel every season, like, you know, you can feel when it's spring, summer, if I had the choice between that and a place like, I don't know, Florida, San where Diego. every day is the same, yeah. I would rather have the seasons. Absolutely. Interesting. No question. Um, and, you know, the thing about fall, is we were talking earlier, is it's harvest time. Uh, lots of fruits and vegetables, and the apple orchards around here, which uh, apples is a big, big industry around here. And every orchard has like their fruit stands, farm stands, and you can go and get all kinds of cool stuff besides apples. And we were talking about the donuts. Yeah. The cider donuts. Yeah. Oh, they're so good, aren't they? Yes. And you really couldn't eat them at any other time of the year. It wouldn't feel right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. These are fresh and warm. And yes. it's, they're like candy. Yeah, <laughs> and on a on a cold autumn day, yes, to get nice, warm, soft, you know, cider donuts. Yeah, and there's yes. so many places you can get them. Is in, it's kind of yeah. like ice cream. Everybody has their favorites. <laughs> yes, yes, and yeah, and everyone you know has their hometown farm stands and such. They can go and get those at and. Yes, and um, is that, as we said in today's um, paper, is that, you know, um, that it's a good time to go and check out some local shops, that kind of thing. Is that I think a lot of people, they vacation during the summer, they go and shop elsewhere. Now in the fall, you know, go to your local farm stands, your local farmer's markets, etc., etc. Yes. And um, go and try out some fall festivities. Support local business. We're always in favor of that. Now, um, when Joe goes leaf peeping... Where do you, where's, where's your go-to, like, foliage place? Do you have any spot that stands out as, like... Yeah, um, I think in the, for me, it's in the southern and western part of Clinton County, down near Blackbrook, Cossable Forks, on the way to Lake Placid. Um, you know, you're in the Adirondacks there. It has some really cool spots. There's a road, oh, I can't remember the road, which one it is. You go from pretty much Cossable Forks to Saranac through the back roads, Mm -hmm. some spectacular views mm -hmm. uh, the colors are just so sharp and vivid um, really cool and you know I hate to say this mm -hmm. maybe I shouldn't say this <laughs> but on the other side of the lake Vermont has some really cool places too interesting interesting <laughs> yes that um yeah is that again you know we live in a place where once a year, you know, you get this explosion of color from here in Vermont and that kind of thing. So I personally like um, up at the uh, Saranac Land Trust. Yes. Um, up there is the, yeah. um, all the property up there is that you can walk around and, you know, the trees, they kind of like canopy over you and that kind of thing. And so you get the sunlight coming down through the lights. And yes, that's my go-to place for Willsboro has some nice places. Willsboro does have, yes. If you go to Noblewood down in um, Willsboro and walk through there, you get the same effect and that kind of thing. And the the vistas and the scenic views and that kind of thing. So And, and Rattlesnake 
Is it perfect? In Rattlesnake Mountain, yeah. Perfect place to yes. look at the foliage. Yeah, if you can go to the top of Rattlesnake and look out um, down through there, yes, that's a very good. Yes, yes. Yes. So we encourage everybody to get out and enjoy the leaves. We do, yes. And while you're doing that, you might consider filling up a canteen with some water, but if you're living in the city of Plattsburgh, you might think twice about that. Oh, boy, the poor city. Um, they've had water woes the last well, five or six weeks now. Um, which is unfortunate. Um, it started with discolorization. The water was discolored, had a slight brown beige think, tint think, to it. I think discoloration might be the word, but I like discolorization. Discolor, <laughs> it was brown. <laughs> yes, uh, and remarkably brown in some cases. The city cannot, pretty much cannot, figure out what the problem is. Uh, they've tested and tested and tested, and the water, bacteria-wise, is safe for consumption. However, they understand that if you have brown water coming out of your tap, you're probably not going to want to drink it or wash your clothes or cook with it. If someone handed you a glass of water that was brown and said, it's okay to drink, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me, what was it? Well, it was one of the Back to the Future movies where Michael J. Fox winds up in the Old West and they pour him a glass of water and it's full of dirt and... <laughs> yes, yes. No, and, and some of the pictures, yeah, it's just, you know, the... Um, especially I think nowadays in, you know, the age of social media, you know, maybe back in the day, people would just be like telling each other about it. But now when you can post pictures on Facebook of like, yeah, your glass filled with like, basically like iced tea, it's like, right, oh, right. my goodness, what's going on? So, yeah. And, and that's the problem. I feel bad for John Ruff and his crew because they're trying like heck to figure out what's going on and they're being stumped basically. So they continue to test, they continue to flush the system. And the city, the city has an amazing water source. They have the two reservoirs out in the town of Plattsburgh. They've had for, well, probably 100 years, maybe, or longer. And it's a gravity feed. It goes from the reservoir downhill through the town of Plattsburgh into the city. Um, and it, it goes to the, um, the water... Uh, uh, treatment plant, treatment plant um, on Hammond Lane, and that's where it's it's cleaned one last time and then distributed. Uh, and they have plenty of water, plenty of water. There was like twenty years or so ago, uh, some of the counselors were like, "Let's get in the water business. Let's sell people water. We have so much of it." Mm -hmm. uh, they never did, but you know the city's water supply was always been a plus, uh, an asset. Mm -hmm. But now they're having issues. Um, at one time, several years ago, they did talk about abandoning the reservoir system and building a major treatment plant down by the lake and getting lake water and treating that. Uh, but that is a major, major expense. Mm -hmm. um, and nobody had the appetite to do such a costly project. Um, but now, hopefully, they can figure out what's going on and get this solved. Well, yes. And, you know, and obviously, again, is that, um, as we've editorialized about, is that Appearances versus messaging, I guess, is the important thing here. Is again, is that you know, um, as I was, you know, telling our um, colleague Carly Newton, is that you know, say, uh, just hypothetically, say like a mysterious fog descended on the city one day, and like this weird, like green fog, and people said, you know, the official statement came, okay, don't worry, the green fog is safe. Would you want to walk in the green fog? <laughs> I don't think you would. And so. Oh, no. You know, it's the appearance of, yeah, you can say something safe, but 
but that human part of your brain has got to say, eh, I don't know. <laughs> well, and, and that's like the DEC, the FDA, and EPA, they're always saying, oh, whatever it is, so many parts per billion is acceptable. Yes. And I'm like, okay, so if somebody hands me a glass of milk and says, I put a little urine in there, but it's <laughs> under the acceptable limits. <laughs> You're not going to drink it. It's only 0.2 parts per billion, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, still. <laughs> it's only an eyedropper full, but you're not going to drink it. Yes. So um, part, of, part of politics and part of lots of things is getting the right messaging out there to make people feel comfortable with, you know. Yeah. And, and it, this, this, this is difficult. I mean... Mm-hmm. Nobody wants a Flint, Michigan, or a Jackson, Mississippi mm-hmm. on their hands. And, you know, water is serious business uh, is. to people, and you got to have it, obviously. So hopefully the city can get a handle on it quickly. Yes, and I guess the only other thing that I would say is that, you know, in times like this, you know, I always just think it's like it's amazing sometimes just to think that we live in a place where you can just go, you know, without even thinking about it, you can just go over to your faucet, turn it on, get water, and... There you go. It's you know, it, it works. It feels like a miracle a lot of the time, but it's not you know necessarily a miracle. It's people working on keeping these pipes working and that kind of thing. Well, so it, it's, that's to the you know that's to the credit of you know John Ruff and his team is the fact that you know it's not a natural process. It's a it's a job for people. Yes, <laughs> and you think about in the history of humankind, uh, humans have been around for what thousands and long, thousands long time, of centuries 40,000 yes. years yes and we've only had modern plumbing for the last hundred years yes so we, humans aren't used to living this way no and I mean you know as the story goes is you know that back in yeah the cowboy days you know why did they drink so much you know alcohol because they couldn't drink the water <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> same thing in uh, in England yeah the water was terrible so they drank beer yes Yes. So, you know, well, this whole water problem being sorted out, you know, there's always beer to drink, too. So. Yep. But, no, um, we hope that um, things, um, we have a, an update in today's paper um, on the water situation, um, which, you know, any update sort of short of its fix is, it is what it is, but, it's, you know, the city has been coming out updates, so um, we will continue to report on this as the story develops yeah and there's another one coming out tomorrow they're, they're going to continue uh, resume the flushing of the system next monday um, and continue with the testing so hopefully they're on the right track but that is not the only conundrum that the city is dealing with um at this time there is another um crisis on the horizon that the uh crate civic center is the future is up in the air as it has been for quite some time um yes is that the good old crate um you know um we love it but it's it's getting up there in age and condition and the question has come up of um whether to tear it down or fix it and it's a emotional um thing for a lot of people especially um families that have their kids there for sports activities um it's a it's a great sports venue um you know that has served the community well but um, as far as I know, that activity alone doesn't really, number one, doesn't bring in the revenue to keep it going. Um, and as we've said before, is that just the size of the crate can sometimes limit what it can do. Um, it's not, you know, a SPAC, you know, Saratoga Performing Arts Center. Um, so it's, you know, um, what do you do with a 
an awkward <laughs> civic center that doesn't really seem to fit in these, you know, any boxes. Well, the the crate has been a problem area for the city since before it was even built. Yes. The Crate Brothers donated all this money for recreation, and they wanted a place that uh, could serve the youth and, and the community for recreational needs. And, of course, um, the government back then couldn't agree. Where should we put it? What should it be? Yes. Uh, if you've been reading Look Back the last couple months, you will be following along with that um, argument back then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they re- originally wanted to put it in the south end of the city near South Platte Street, and there was this elaborate plan to reroute the river to create a space for the crate down there. And DEC said, no, you're not altering the river. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it wound up at the beach area where there was plenty of land, and there's all, sign, all kinds of covenants and caveats with that deal mm-hmm. from the Crate Brothers way back then. It's not going to be as easy for the city to do something with that property as people think. And I'm not sure that, you know, I'm sure the city's going to look into it, but um, there, there's a lot of hoops that need to be jumped through to get that thing going. Right now, there's a push to demolish it because it's, it's 50 years old. It's got all kinds of problems. To renovate it would be very costly. And is it the model that will work in the future? I don't know. The, um, the argument is if you demolish it, then you have nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing for the kids. What do you, what's your plan? So there's a lot of questions that need to be answered there. Um, and hopefully they can, you know, everybody says, well, you need private investment as well. Maybe you do. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that the private uh, investment business community has an appetite for? Damn. A lot of their kids play there, and they mm-hmm. use it. So you would think maybe yes, but a lot needs to be figured out. Have the, the Pepsi Crate Civic Center. <laughs> well, yeah, and um, there, there's, there's probably a lot of options. But back when it was first built, it was an ice rink. Mm-hmm. And it was an ice rink for about... 25 years, maybe, till 99. I think it opened in 74. So, yeah, 25 years, till 99. And it was a great ice rink. Um, But, you know, putting down ice and keeping it all winter is costly. It cost, I think, $180,000 a year back then, in the early 90s, to run the the crate ice operation. Um, And it was like, oh, it didn't make any revenue. No. Recreation doesn't largely make revenue. Mm-hmm. It's a service mm-hmm. that is provided to the community. Quality of life. Yes, the mm-hmm. community wants it. And you got to think, for the most part, they're willing to pay for it, taxes-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so this argument of, oh, it didn't make revenue. You know, well, no, it's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, it'd be great if you could get some revenue to offset some of the costs, mm-hmm. but that's difficult. And I think the city's going to be facing the same questions. Well, and what's funny is that back in 72, um, again, in the old newspapers to look back, is that even back then, what strikes me is that it's the same, kind of the same situation, is that back then, as it was being developed, different people would say, well, what if we put this in it? And what if we did this with it? And what if we used it for this? And what if it had this? 
and its ideas would get tossed and shot down and raised back up again. And even back then, if I get the sense that people didn't really know what they wanted this thing to be. No, <laughs> they didn't. Like, they didn't. It was always, it's always been controversial. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Glens Falls has a similar situation. The Glens Falls Civic Center. Mm-hmm. That loses money. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get rid of it. Um, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that venue's a little different. It's a little more elaborate. It's a little bigger. You could probably, you know, you can do more in terms of generating revenue with that. Mm-hmm. But again, we're in, you know, this is a service. Do you want to pay for it or not? Yes, but I think, you know, I think the point was raised at the um, city council, um, common council last week, is that as with a lot of things, people will feel a lot better if there's a plan for, okay, this is what we're going to do with it before the bulldozers just start. Off exactly. Start I mean, that's, so. that's a critical point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the city needs to seriously look at that and say, okay, we knocked this thing down, then what? Yes, is that, you know, um, the sports people are looking for places. Um, this week um, I saw on Facebook that a lot of um, Plattsburgh Comic Con is saying, you know, hey, we're not coming back without the great or without a similar um, venue. And people are bounced about that. Um, and yeah, you know, are there other places to do things? Sure, you know, there's the. Plattsburgh State Fieldhouse, and there's Memorial Hall, and there's, you know, this, that, the other place. But for a lot of activities and events, you know, shows and home shows and that kind of thing, you know, you need a, you need a place like the crate. Um, so, yeah, um, figuring out how to fill a crate-sized hole <laughs> with yeah. something else yeah, is really the answer. I mean, if there was a way, I mean, this has also been talked about for years and years, of doing a multi-pronged development out there with a civic center venue, a concert venue, a entertainment venue, um, all kinds of stuff. It's a gorgeous property mm-hmm. with lots of potential and mm-hmm. lots of space. You can do tons out there, mm-hmm. but you got to have the investment. Yes. Money. That's part of what else it comes down to. <laughs> uh, unfortunately. So, yes, the... Um, the strange tale of the crate center continues. <laughs> yep, and we will definitely keep an eye on it. Yes, yes. Um, but otherwise, um, as far as, you know, again, we are still going strong here, heading into the fall. Um, was hoping for some good news to end on. Joe, give us some good news. Well, fall sports has started. High school sports is always a fun time. Um, you know, everybody has the summer off, and then we get back into it. High school football's underway. There's a bunch of games on Friday night tonight, and every night, every Friday night, it seems, and soccer, girls' soccer, boys' soccer, cross-country, volleyball, Plattsburgh State sports. It's a great time to get out and uh, watch your community children and adults play their, play their games. I went up to uh, my wife and I. My wife, of course, was the longtime Saranac girls soccer coach who retired two years ago. We went up to Northeastern Clinton in Champlain to watch the Saranac girls play up there. And they have a brand new soccer only field, and it is gorgeous. It's turf field um, with just the soccer lines on it, they're not clouded by football lines or lacrosse lines or anything else. It's beautiful. And they have lights and bleachers and a press box and benches with covered benches and concession stand. It was wonderful. So glad to see that. Yes, and is that you can get your um, North Country sports coverage through our Press Falcon Sports team. 
is that for our first season um, here, we have um, Drew, Rem Drew Wemple, excuse me, and Eric Ryan um, out there covering the games, getting the word out. Um, they are on Twitter with um, regular updates if you're looking for the, uh, the big games. Um, so yeah, give them a follow. Um, you can follow the Press Public and Sports Twitter, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, that is a good point. That is that time of year. Yep, brand new sports team, Eric Ryan and Drew Wemple, as Ben said. Uh, they're brand new, they're doing a great job, and we're glad to have them. And uh, we look forward to uh, an exciting season the rest of the way. Absolutely. All right, well, I always like ending on a happy note, so that was some good news, Joe. Yes, <laughs> we are. We aim to be happy, Ben. Yes, we do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, again, we are... Um, Getting our feedback under us, uh, that's a terrible analogy to somebody with a with knee surgery. Ooh, yes. But, yes. but yeah, we are going to get back on the road. Um, Joe is back in the office, and um, so you will be hearing more from us. And where can they find us? Oh, gosh, I almost forget. You can find us uh, basically anywhere you get your favorite podcast. You can find us on Apple, um, iTunes. You can find us on PressPublican.com, SoundCloud. Um, yeah, again, every family-friendly podcast site so yes very good uh, again welcome back everybody we're glad to be here and uh, we look forward to talking to you again very soon until then we wish everybody a little weak side help